Welcome to Open Update by Liberate Science. I am your host, Chris Hartkrink, and I scroll through Twitter so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us for this week's update. The doomsday clock is kept at 100 seconds to midnight, midnight being the threat of extinction due to nuclear war and the climate crisis. 100 seconds to midnight is the closest the doomsday clock has ever been set since 1947, indicating an acute need to act. The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists publishes its assessment once a year and continually analyzes the world situation in its closed access journal, The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. The National Information Standards Organization, more commonly known as NISO, published a report on reproducibility badges that are used to highlight what information is available about an article. Examples include the open data, pre-registration and open materials badges. The report makes recommendations about badge metadata and badge validation, which are not provided at the moment. Jason Chin reports on Twitter that the Law Archive, a preprint server for law articles, is no longer accepting papers. It is unclear when or why Law Archive stopped accepting new submissions. The preprint server was started in May 2017 with support of the Center for Open Science. As one preprint server goes out of commission, another one is started, Unis Archive, a preprint server for the University of South Africa Press. It includes an open peer review process and authors not affiliated with the University of South Africa will have to pay a fee upon acceptance. The preprint server is hosted by Science Open. Almost 3,000 people signed a letter to the UK government to open an inquiry into the price gouging of academic ebooks. Prices for ebooks can be many times the prices of paper books and include confusing or restrictive licenses. Library Genesis was a response to high book prices, similar to how SciHub was a response to paywalls. As students become unable to pay for their ebooks, another side of open education is the initial cost of entry. In the US, there are increasing calls to cancel student debt to increase accessibility of education. Kerry Murakami discusses in an Inside Higher Education piece whether proxy student debt, in the form of loans parents took out to provide access, should also be cancelled. Stephen Eglin, a member of the editorial board for Nature's Scientific Data, tweeted, quote, I cannot continue to support Springer Nature. Their approach to Plan S, the guided open access pilot, suits their business model, but only reinforces inequalities in academia, end quote. He will resign his editorial board membership in March over the $9,500 pay-to-publish fee. The German Reproducibility Network launched this week as a sister organization to the UK Reproducibility Network. This multidisciplinary consortium supports researchers in open science practices and advises institutions on embedding open science practices. OpenJournals.nl launched last week as a diamond open access publishing platform for Dutch research journals where authors do not have to pay for their open access publications. Portugal's National Funding Agency for Science and Technology joined Coalition S. This raises the number of members in Coalition S, the consortium behind Europe's open access plan S, to 26. The Equator Network, which promotes the use of reporting quality guidelines, launched a Chinese center last week. This is the fifth Equator Center joining the French, Canadian, British, and Australian centers. An extension to the PRISMA reporting quality standard launched last week. PRISMA stands for Preferred Reporting Items for Systematic Reviews and Meta-Analyses, and the extension is called PRISMA S, including a search extension. A new open access publication by Umul Kiram Katawala, Priya Silverstein, 
and Moin Sied provides a guide to open science for graduate students. This guide helps break down some of the open science practices and includes the what, why, how, and worries of such practices, such as pre-registration, reproducible code, and preprints. Joe Hilgard shares some of his experiences trying to flag cases of possible research misconduct on his blog. Quote, it turns out Brandolini's law still holds. The amount of energy needed to refute bullshit is an order of magnitude larger than to produce it. However, I was not prepared to be resisted and hindered by the self-correcting institutions of science itself. End quote. His experience is a reminder that the power to correct science resides with academic institutions and journals who might not always see eye to eye with the goal of research itself. Coco announced the Open Publishing Awards this week. You can submit your nominations to recognize contributions that advance open publishing. Coco says, quote, nominate early, nominate often, end quote. Code for Science and Society has a call for proposals for virtual events. Their fund aims to, quote, improve access to open data science practices and tools and support communities and open data to grow sustainably and inclusively, end quote. The call for proposals is open until March 29th, and financed events can receive up to 20,000 US dollars. Thanks for joining us for this week's open update. If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing on YouTube or on your podcast provider of choice. See you next week.